hiya, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Oh, good. Now, where's everybody else? Oh, they're coming on the monorail. My daughter Ariel has been up to the surface again. Somebody's got to nail that girl's fins to the floor. Oh, there are so many places to dream about. We can visit worlds that were, that could be, and those of fantasy and reality. You know, you're probably surprised to see me here, aren't you? But then there's probably a lot of places you'd be surprised to see me when you think about it. If you were driving in your car, for instance, okay? Close your eyes. You're in your car. No, close your eyes in the car. But right now, think about it. You're in your car. You're driving. And then all of a sudden, from the back seat, I just pop up and go, hey! W. my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 153 for the week of January 10th, 2010. Thank you for tuning in once again. For many people planning their trips to Walt Disney World, there are often two words that play a role in not just the preparation, but the enjoyment of their vacations. Kids and free, as in what are some of the best ways for kids to enjoy themselves and what are the best free or low-cost things to do in the parks? Well, this week, we're going to combine the two as we look at another best of the best as we explore the just one of the very best free things to do with kids, Epcot's Kidcot Fun Stops. I'll pose a new trivia question for this week's contest then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. We've all heard it before. There's nothing for kids to do in Epcot. World Showcase is too boring for kids because there's just nothing there for them. Lou Mangiello is talking about food again. But if you're like me, you either wince and or smile when you hear that there's nothing for kids to do in Epcot. Because I think your mind probably races to all of the incredible opportunities and hidden treasures that await families in Epcot. And if you're saying that you want more than the simple character meet and greets over at the character spot in Future World, and sure, the Kim Possible World Showcase adventure is great for tweens and teens and some adults who are kids at heart, I raise my hand, then you may be forgetting about one of Walt Disney World's not-so-hidden treasures, but what I think is the best of the best things to do with young kids in Epcot. And those are the Kidcot Fun Stops. And I'm not alone in that feeling. In fact, Chuck Lionberger, the Disney daddy, is here because he agrees to take a look at the Kidcot Fun Stops with me. Chuck, welcome back. Lou, it's great to be back. It's great. The Kidcot Kidcot Stops are, are a lot of fun. And yes, they're great for younger kids. But I'll tell you what, 
they're sometimes fun for adults too. I uh, trust me, we're going to get into that because I took my kids to KidCot Fun Stops not too long ago, and uh, I think a lot of people feel the same way about these. You know, they're they're out there. But I think a lot of people don't know about them. We actually just highlighted the KidCot Fun Stops in the latest issue of Celebrations Magazine. Ryan Wilson from the Main Street Gazette wrote a great article with some beautiful pictures, but I really wanted to discuss these a little bit more in depth on the show. And maybe we should actually call this, Chuck, the best of the best free things to do with young kids, because we should start off by saying that this, like things like Kim Possible, is completely free, but unlike Kim Possible, your kids are going to walk away with something tangible, something they can hold in their hands beyond what they might just learn and experience. Yeah, we've talked before about really inexpensive souvenirs to take home from Walt Disney World, but this one tops it. It's absolutely free. And, and when you're done, you've, you've, you and your, your kids have, have had this great accomplishment, and you get to take home something that's a wonderful keepsake, and it's absolutely free. Absolutely. So before we, we start talking about and I want to get into a little bit of the history to sort of give people some background on it. Let's sort of identify for maybe those who are listening who aren't familiar with what a Kid Cot Fun Stop or a Kid Cot Station really is and where, they're, they, where they could be found in uh, Epcot. Yeah, there's, there's Kid Cot Stations all over the place in Epcot, especially in World Showcase. There are a few in Future World. Uh, as well, there's there's one in the Land Pavilion, and there's also one in the Seas Pavilion. But the the ones that really shine are those in World Showcase, and every single World Showcase Pavilion has a Kidcot station somewhere. Now, the benefit behind that is that they're not always super easy to find, which means you have to go exploring through that pavilion to go find the Kidcot station. So sometimes it's it's that pot of gold at the end of your rainbow as you search through a particular pavilion and again while you're taking that chance of going through that pavilion look around and and take in the environment uh, of that particular pavilion and then you find your KitKat station and, and get to do a, a lot of fun activities I, I agree 100% and you used what I think is the key word which is explore and we're going to talk a lot about that but I want to go back a little bit and talk about the history of the KitKat fun stops because I think people might not be familiar with when and how they originated and they actually go back to 1996. They've been around a lot longer, I think, than people think. They started off as part of something Epcot was doing called the International Children's Weekends that they had uh, on occasional weekends during that summer. They were very, very popular. They came back in the fall uh, daily, actually, as something they called the Epcot Kid Zones. Uh, Later, in 1997, Disney partnered up with Family Fun Magazine, which was a Disney publication at the time. That's when they were renamed the KidCot Fun Stops. And they were very different to a certain degree from what they are now because they really start off with just little tables and canopies over them in each of the 11 countries. But here, the crafts that the, that the kids were able to do was about the country's history and about their culture. So they would make something specific to that country. So they would make a little troll in Norway. They would do uh, make a little beaver in Canada or origami in Japan. They made paper gondolas in Italy. Different things based on the country so they would have this physical thing to take with them, not necessarily all tied in together like we have now. Years go by. 
again, this, this becomes very, very popular over time. These little tables are now plussed to become private areas that are very, very well-themed to the country and to the pavilion. And they also now have artisans and World Showcase cultural representatives who are part of them. And the theming and the props and the decor very, very much carries forward from the actual pavilion itself. Absolutely. And that's another hidden gem with the KidCot stops. Not only are you know, all the different activities that kids can do, but also it's the people who are working there. They are representatives of the host countries. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating to start striking up a conversation with these folks to learn more about each individual country and to hear some of the, the questions that some kids ask. You know, it's, it's fascinating to see just the differences between, you know, America, where we all, you know, most of us who are listening, live, uh, and in different nations around the world. But that's the whole point of why World Showcase is there. And KidCot carries on that theme, carries on that mission of World Showcase at a child's level. Right. And, and what the, the change that took place from around the millennium to now is sort of that single theme. So instead of having kids doing individual things in each country, the change came that now everything is tied together. Uh, all these masks and all the things that they can do at each of the destinations are tied together because you can get a charm or some sort of little mm-hmm. iconic thing from each of the countries that comes with it. If you do remember, Chuck, back the old um, around the time of the Millennium Celebration, they had the Tapestry of Nations and the Tapestry yes. of Dreams Parade. Back then, kids used to get this little compass that had a coin that they could pop out from the center of it. And as the parade came by, which I very, very much miss because I loved having a parade on the promenade and fantastic no music, kidding. you could actually take that coin, you were supposed to make a wish with it, and then throw it into the Dreamcatcher as it came by. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool uh, feature and another, again, another great way for interactivity uh, in, a, in an area that, that already is, is quite interactive. Yeah, and, and I like the fact that everything is tied together because it becomes, you know, it becomes more than a souvenir. It becomes a quest. It becomes a quest. A quest for fun. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, and it becomes that challenge. Um, you know, and uh, although I will, I will stress with this, this challenge that this is another one of those that really to, to do it right and to really get the full experience, you might not want to try and rush it and do it maybe necessarily all in one day. Something just to, to bear in mind because there are a lot of KidCot stations out there and this may be something you want to break up through your 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 trip to Walt Disney World that, that you spread this out over you know a couple to three days so that you can really experience it and not feel like, okay, we got to the first one and come, woohoo, this is nice, okay, let's rush it, let's get to the next one and the next one and the next one and, and then really you, you, you kind of lose some of the charm behind the whole, the whole process. I couldn't agree more. Uh, these are definitely... A slow down, savor, enjoy, experience type of activity. And let's talk specifically, Chuck, how it works, um, how it actually works if somebody wants to start doing it. And then as we go along, we'll talk about those things that you can and you should do as you are experiencing all the different KidCot stations. Well, sure. It all starts with the mask um, for kids. Uh, no matter which 
pavilion you start at, and that's a that's another benefit to the thing, is that there is no starting point and there is no finishing point. It's wherever you wish to start and wherever you wish to finish and, and in whatever order you want to go. But you go to any KidCot station in any World Showcase pavilion, uh, and you go up to the, to the station and you tell a cast member that you'd like to, to do the KidCot. They'll ask you if you have a mask. No, not yet. They'll give you a new mask. And this is a, a, a paper die-cut mask. Uh, and nice cardstock. This is not like flimsy paper. This is good, heavy cardstock paper. It's white. Uh, and it's mounted on a wood stick that's somewhere around like 18 inches long or somewhere in there. At each KidCot station, there are Sharpies. And I guess this is a good point to mention the fact that, that at least currently, the KidCot stations are sponsored by Sharpie. So... You know the kids are with sharpies, and those are permanent markers. So, a quick you know parent note: uh, be watching for fingers that might get a little sharpied up real quick. And again, opportunities maybe for a little bit of clothes to get get some sharpie marks on them. So, you know, just kind of keep an eye out there. Um, but then they'll they'll get the chance to start decorating their mask at the first pavilion. Uh, they'll give a they'll put a, a stamp on the the actual stick, and then as you talked about that. Um, that piece of artwork, that um, uh, charm, it's another piece of die-cut paper that they will clip to a, uh, a hole in the mask. And that you can carry around, and it's, it's literally like different feathers in the cap, as it were. And as you go around, you can, can do uh, additional artwork uh, on your mask, uh, different pavilions and will do different extra things to your mask, and we'll talk about them as we go around. And you'll get additional stamps until you wrap it all up. Yeah, and like you said, there, I, what I like is that there is no starting point, there is no ending point, there is no time limitation. You can the kids can do whatever it is they want, how to and with their mask. Um, and I love the reward, the reward of getting that that die cut uh, charm or symbol or whatever it is from that country that they get to add on to it, and they get that sense of accomplishment. That okay, I've done it, I've gotten my stamp, I've gotten my symbol. Um, while they're there, yeah, it, and it's again another uh, another badge of accomplishment uh, and a, a great keepsake. As you you look at these, you know, down the road, and, and you know, one thing that we all have to remember with kids is that uh, they don't stay kids forever. They may be kids at heart, like yourself and myself, um, but you know, they they do grow up. And having these keepsakes, especially. You know, for parents and for kids as they remember what may have been their very first trip to Walt Disney World, and I went through went around the KidCot stops and I made this mask and oh I remember you know when I got the stamp or I remember when when this particular person wrote my name in a different language or something like that. It it is a way to capture memories. Yeah, and to be able to sit there and watch the kids and I've watched it with my own. I've watched it with other people's kids get so into what they're doing and, and so very uh, intense about making their mask and wanting to do it just right. And this is a good way to talk about some of the benefits and why I think this is the best of the best of the experiences because, yes, do you not just walk by the pavilions, but you need to explore because sometimes you need to go and find these. But your kids and you to a certain degree, you get the opportunity to meet and talk with these cast members from their respective homelands to learn about the people, to learn about the culture. Yes, Chuck, you and I, we learn through the food, but the kids actually <laughs> can talk to the cast members. And 
What I think is great is what I see, and I think parents should encourage the kids to ask a question. Have a parent ask the cast member a question that might sort of lead or, or interest the child and get the child to start conversing with them and learning more about them and about their country. Oh, absolutely. I can remember uh, one of the times when uh, we were going around and, and doing uh, KidCot stations, and, and my three had, had already done them before, but you know what? They enjoyed it so much they wanted to do another mask. And my oldest, who was getting close to the tween age but still enjoying kind of doing the KidCot thing, was over in the Great Britain Pavilion and talking to the cast member there. And this was around the time that my, my oldest son had discovered the Beatles. And for like 10 minutes, my, my son and, and the cast member just started talking about the different things and the different songs and, and all of that, just with the Beatles, you know, to say nothing, of course, about you know, the great Beatles tribute band that's, that's playing out, outside, you know, as they're you know, doing their, their KidCot things. But just having that interaction with somebody from that host country, uh, you know, that's the kind of things that, that you can't just, you know, go get anywhere else. And the other thing, too, is pay close attention to each of the KidCot stations because not only are they very well-themed, but they also tell a story because they tie in very, very closely to the pavilions or to the shops. Even many of these are located inside shops. So, for example, in Italy, the KidCot Fun Stop station is right behind the Venetian mask store. So if you go to the KidCot station, you'll see Venetian masks on the wall. You'll see tools that the Venetian mask artist might possibly use. And those World Fellowship cast members will talk to the kids and explain to them. And and I think that's a great example because, again, it ties into the whole idea of the mask. And it'll hopefully pique the child's interest. Certainly, hopefully, it also piques the parent's interest to maybe go and learn more or go see what's going on in that store that they might have walked right through or walked right by. You know, again, another example, and again, I think we're probably going to say not the word food, but explore a lot of times during this this whole talk because that's the whole point behind KidCot. And it's explore not just for for children, but it's explore for parents. And it's, you know, these masks uh, are a great um, hook for folks to go and explore different pavilions and learn about things that you won't find in your average department store or grocery store or things that you don't really experience uh, in your regular day, but you're learning about different cultures, different people, and different things all around the world. Again, that's what Virtual World Showcase is all about. Not only things you can't find in the things you described, but that you can't you can't talk to a book. So right. your child has a chance to talk to these cast members, ask them questions, and, and I think parents should go there, like I said, and maybe if your child's too young, ask a question that might pique the curiosity of a child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's, you know, my daughter is in kindergarten. What's kindergarten like in Morocco? How does it different? How does it differ from here? Or what's life here like different than it is in Norway? And get and, and the, the cast members Absolutely. are wonderful as to how they engage and interact and not talk at but talk with the children. Uh, another example uh, at another KitKat station, and you know, to be honest, I don't even remember how the conversation got around to this. But the next thing you know, we're talking with a cast member from Norway, and they're talking about this great, huge volleyball tournament that takes place 
in Norway, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, volleyball, Norway, Norway's freezing, but they're playing volleyball. No, apparently there is this huge, you know, almost international volleyball tournament that takes place every year in Norway, and it got to the point where, you know, my wife and I are kind of looking at each other and thinking, well, this just sounds really cool. We need to go think about going to Norway, uh, all because of this conversation that we had with a cast member who was from Norway while we were at a kid cut stop. Exactly, and that's what I mean. I think the it's this is not just for kids. You're, you're, you shouldn't sit passively off to the side, although you can. I mean, there's many, especially I think in, in places like, and we'll talk about the future world ones, but at the seas with Nemo, you can sit by the aquarium and let mm-hmm. your kids, you know, within obviously very close distance to the, to the table, but you can sit and you can relax if you've been walking and wandering World Showcase, but you should participate with your child. You know, let them make the mask, but participate with them. And I think that's a huge benefit because these are often not very crowded, too. You're not going to sit there yeah. and wait on a long line to do these. Yeah. Again, one of the things that that sets Walt Disney World apart from other places is this idea of something that families can do together and, you know, get in there with your child draw one you know what mom's dad's make a mask for yourself i did one you know what it was a ton of fun just to make a mask for yourself and and draw different things uh on there and and try and even uh emulate different designs that you see around the stores uh in little segments of your mask so it it's a lot of fun and i think there's there's a huge educational benefit and opportunity here as well and again this you yeah. scale this depending on the age of your child but they can learn about the country. They can learn about life overseas. And what I think you can do, or maybe you should do, is if you really want to get an educational benefit out of this, and if you're taking your kids out of school, this is a great way to justify it, is work in some sort of educational aspect of it. Have the kids learn how to say hello or goodbye in Mm -hmm. each of the country's language ahead of time, or have your kids get a question for each of the representatives before they leave the house. So when they get there, they can ask and fill it into a book or get an autograph, a signature from each one of the different cast members or ask the cast member, can you tell me how to say hello or goodbye? So they walk out with something beyond the tangible thing, but they walk out with with education as well. And not only that, and again, we'll we'll kind of start going around uh, World Showcase here, but at some of them, they're even going to get some of that that educational information learning because uh for instance and we'll we'll jump over to the china pavilion for a second they'll actually see a cast member write their name in chinese Mm -hmm. so they're learning now just the whole concept and remember we're talking a lot about younger children you know this is the you know preschool up to you know third fourth fifth grade somewhere in the elementary age that's the whole concept of just learning about different cultures and being exposed to different ways of things being done and to see their name written in an entirely different language, not languages that use the same characters that we see in English, but but totally different characters, that'll in among itself is is incredibly educational for for kids. So let's let's go around World Showcase, as it were. Uh, let's go in a clockwise direction. Briefly touch on each of the different pavilions, maybe, and what people can find inside. And we'll start off in Mexico. Um, and if you go to Inside the pyramid, inside the pavilion, it's as soon as you get inside, it's right near Animales Fantásticos. Uh, you'll see right in the, in the front of the plume before you go down into the Plaza de los Amigos. And here, 
and, and I and I love this one as well too because I think this almost serves for kids as like a pre-show to mm-hmm. when they walk into the gallery and then when they walk into the plaza and and are if it's their first time blown away by how cool that plaza looks and how it's always night on the inside. Yeah, the I always love going into the Mexico uh, Pavilion because it just is is beautiful and it's an it's a great way to. You really get the the sense of of stepping into a whole nother country and a whole nother world. And you know, in Mexico, obviously we're, we're dealing with Spanish, and so you know, kids have the opportunity to get a, a saying uh, written on their mask uh, in Spanish uh, and a number of different things. Uh, you know, cast members write little messages to them, uh, different things like that, and they and they do it again in Spanish. Absolutely, and and it's a great and we won't. I was going to tell you the different charms that you'll get, but I almost don't want to spoil it for everybody. I want them to, when they go there, see what they're going to get from mm-hmm. each of the different pavilions. But the one thing that I love, too, is that every – we talked about the stamps before. You get a stamp, and all of them are Mickey, but each one is themed to that country. So Mickey, for example, in Mexico is going to be wearing a sombrero, and I think mm-hmm. it's a neat little touch. I think the kids would like that. Obviously, next – is Norway. That is right uh, outside, right inside, actually, the Puffins Roost shop behind the church on the left-hand side of the pavilion. Yeah, and another fun one, again, this is one, as I talked about before, you know, I I think I enjoyed talking to the the Norwegian cast members more than I think I talked to to anybody else uh, across World Showcase, just because, you know, for a lot of us here in America, Norway really is kind of a, a, a... a country we don't hear a lot about. You know, we, we do hear things about uh, China, especially since the last Olympics. And, you know, we don't hear a whole lot uh, about Norway and, and having the, the opportunity to, to talk to uh, cast members from Norway was, was just a, a tremendous fun. And of course, at Norway, you know, the troll is kind of the central uh, figure there. So you know, you're going to see some, some things associated with that. Yeah. And, and there are, speaking of trolls, there are different kinds of games and things that you could do at Norway about trolls and you can really you know Chuck you can spend a lot of time with these pavilions not necessarily shopping not necessarily forgive me eating or going to the attraction as it were like Maelstrom but doing things in and around the pavilion really to help you have fun and learn at the same time yeah and again another way to uh, as we said explore uh, that particular you know, pavilion. Uh, and then, you know, of course, as we move uh, next on into China, you know, as I talked about before, you get the opportunity to have your name written in, um, in, in Chinese. And then also they look up your uh, Chinese Zodiac sign. And, you know, a lot of the Chinese Zodiac is, is kind of a little bit different, uh, of course, than, than, than what we, uh, we know is the, the common Zodiac. So you learn what your, what your sign is uh, in in the Chinese Zodiac. And this is why I, this is one of my favorite pavilions for Kidcot, because in addition to learning about China and getting a sense of what the culture is like, and I think the pavilion does a very good job of that, when the kid get, the kids get this extra symbol, chances are they have no idea, first of all, what the Chinese Zodiac is. So that right there is their first question to learn a little about it find out what their symbol is and that I think is fun for that, them too you know I'm, I'm from the year of the monkey I'm from the year of the rat or the rooster or whatever it might be yeah and and unfortunately for for me uh, my son never 
fails to mention that he is from the year of the dragon while I'm the year of the dog. So, uh, yeah. Afraid I'm not going to live that one down, but that's okay. But you know what, though? Again, there's that conversation that you guys had, that interaction that you and your son would not have had otherwise uh, in maybe World Showcase, which on its face, he would have said, oh, Dad, I don't, you know, there's nothing there for me to do. And now you're having fun with that. And you've got a memory memory as well. Right. And again, that's the whole point behind, you know, taking part in, in these activities because it does create the memories. It does become that catalyst for conversation. It does become the catalyst for, you know, just enjoying time with your kids. Exactly. And... Germany, much like China before it, you need to go into the pavilion. You need to go into the Volkskunstshop. I'm Forgive glad you tried me that, for, not me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for butchering that. You need to go into the, te- near to the teddy bear shop. The teddy bear shop. Right. There you go. The, the Stife bear shop. There you go. Uh, and again, and, and there's a lot of fun stuff in here for kids to see, even beyond the uh, the Kidcot stops, because there is there are some very, very cool, unique toys and games and souvenirs and stuff like that for kids from these countries oh yeah uh this is germany uh is probably the most dangerous kid cot stop generally that that we do because my daughter will walk in and she sees every single bear and yeah she really likes those bears yeah (laughs) Uh, but you know that's great but let's work on our kid cot map so i'm glad it's there because i have a little bit of a distraction that i can give her uh no again we it's it's another great stop uh again you know we always enjoy also uh talking with um cast members in Germany because of our own family heritage, which is is German slash Swiss. And so this is the opportunity for my my own family to learn a little bit about the, the heritage of a country that, that we long time ago, we the family, came from. So again, another opportunity for, for interaction and for learning about uh, some of the heritage uh, of, of where we came from. And Chuck, I really think that you should go and sit with your family, probably over at Summerfest, and have, you know, maybe a frankfurter or some pretzel bread or... Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had to incorporate food in here. Because uh, yeah, by now you're probably hungry. You're Four kiosks in, you're hungry, I'm sure. Exactly. And again, I think that's it's another time, just another reminder of the fact of it's best if, much like the Kim Possible World Showcase Adventure, uh, a whole other topic for a whole other day, but best when experienced taking your time. Right. Not something to rush through. So don't be afraid or don't feel like you know you haven't done it right. If you, know, you only get to, say, four or five pavilions in, in one day, that's okay, even less. Take your time with it uh, because the, the more time you take with it, the more you're actually going to enjoy this. Uh, and it's really become more of a, of, a, of a real cherished memory. Yeah, this is not a race. I mean, you can do this over a couple of days, especially if you have young kids and, and they want to sort of, or you or they want to break it up a little bit. But moving over to Italy, one of my favorite pavilions, um, I, I'm, I know that I'm partial to this one, <laughs> but uh, this is the one that I think ties in so, so very well with the Venetian mask shop. And again, not too long ago, I had uh, Giorgio, one of the, the true masters of the craft who makes these incredibly detailed Venetian masks, the symbol and the sort of the charm that you get here is a Venetian mask that kids can make on their own. Right. And it does encourage you and the parents to go inside because I hear so often, especially after I posted the video, how many people never knew 
that Giorgio and the Venetian mask shop was in this part of Italy on the right-hand side before you get to the statue in the plaza. Yeah, again, another chance for exploring the pavilion and, you know, what better place to truly learn about masks and the history of masks and the importance of masks than going to the Venetian mask shop where, you know, the mask plays, not just played past tense, but plays currently such a central role uh, in their history and in their culture. Exactly. And speaking of history, the United States, the American Adventure Pavilion, is unique in a couple of ways. Uh, Number one, this is actually a hard kid cut stop to find because you would think, okay, I'm going to walk into the rotunda and it's going to be in there. And it's not. not. It's it's not in the store either. It's actually outside on the right hand side of the building, sort of tucked away a little bit. Yeah, this is one that, that surprisingly, you know, we were kind of roaming around in front of the, the American Adventures Pavilion and kind of going, okay, where is it? It's it's on the map here. It says it's here. And, you know, we happen to kind of tuck around to the side. And, oh, there it is, kind of, kind of way back. So you have to look for this one uh, a little bit. But, you know, another great uh, place that, again, you can, can have a chance to talk with um, – some folks there, and again, you know, for for myself, you know, being from Virginia, you know, Virginia has a very rich history when it comes to its connection with American history, you know, Jamestown, Williamsburg, all of that. Um, so having the chance for uh, kids to to talk about colonial America and and much of it being Virginia history, uh, which again goes back to education. You know, most everybody is learns uh, at some point about. U.S. history, so this is another opportunity for learning some uh, a little bit about U.S. history, and especially in the colonial times. And it ties into again that symbol, and, and I'll give this one away too. Ties into that colonial heritage and a toy that a child might have had at that time, which is a rocking horse. And you actually mm-hmm. see that in the pavilion. You see it at the Heritage Manor gifts. You also see it in places like. Liberty Square, uh, over in uh, Yield Christmas Shop, and in sort of the the uh, the wood shop there as well. Mm-hmm. But um, and I like and I, you know, people think, well, Heritage Manor gifts, it's American Adventure. Why do I need to bother going shopping in there? I, I actually disagree. I think there's some very very neat, unique, sometimes political, historical souvenirs that you can find in there. And again, I'm encouraging the parents to explore as much as the kids do. Yeah, it's it's again, uh, you know, we're we're talking about world history uh, and experiencing uh, different cultures, but you know we do have our own culture melting pot that it is. Uh, and you know going in and, and, and looking at some of the, uh, the different things that are on display there uh, stories you said, much of it is political, but it's also kind of historical political. you know it's, it's not um, you know political necessarily to today's day and time. It's more uh, political related to to the past and again related to again like we talked about the american adventure you know was this wonderful show that's that's running next door uh so it's all related to a little bit of of the history of the united states and again another opportunity to get some unique souvenirs that that you don't necessarily find uh a lot of places uh unless you were going to like colonial williamsburg or you were going to the smithsonian but that's to get you know replicas of the constitution or you know, the Declaration of Independence and, and things like that. So you, you can get some some rather unique items there, too. And that's actually – I have a video segment coming out about some of my favorite things and, and favorite souvenirs to get and in the United States 
I'm going to give it away. You can get replicas of the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and they're inexpensive. They're just a, a couple of dollars each, and they come folded up. You can bring them home. Again, there's that learning experience that you can hopefully take away from World Showcase. And I know kids are saying, come on, I'm on vacation. I don't want to learn, but trust me, it'll, it'll pay off in the long run somehow. You'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll appreciate it, and, and, and you'll enjoy it, so... Because eventually you got to learn, you, you end up having to learn the preamble. So why not get the Constitution and that way you can have it and learn it for yourself. And again, if you're getting yanked out of school, kids, if all you have to do is read the Declaration of Independence, I'm telling you, you're getting off easy. So That's right. right. Hey, it's worth it. So moving over um, to Japan, I've said it a, a billion times, mm-hmm. arguably my favorite pavilion uh, on World Showcase. And again, another one that needs to be explored Especially if you do want to find the Kid Cut Fun Stop, because this one too, tucked far, far away in the back. Yeah, and and this is a great one. Once we pull Lou out of out of Teppanetto and Teppanyaki, um, <laughs> you know that we come up there and you get to uh, experience it right in and among the whole ten toy uh, display that's up right now, and uh, it's you know just really a great place. This is another place where uh, you'll get uh, some additional. Uh, names written in, in different languages and, and things like that. So uh, the, the Japanese Pavilion is another wonderful uh, KitKat stop. And again, because you know another colorful uh, culture, you know uh, Japan and everything that they'll be able to do with you. And of course, like I said, stamp and everything like that. Beautiful uh, pavilion and take the time there to not just enjoy the KitKat, but also enjoy everything around you. Right, and I think uh, Morocco, very much like China, I think two of the more exotic, as you were, pavilions mm-hmm. on the promenade, places that, for the most part, many of us in the United States may not have occasion to go visit. Sure, you might go to Italy, you might go to France, you might go to the UK. Morocco and China may be a little bit tougher. Uh, so I think that there's a huge opportunity here to learn about the culture. I think that the charm that you get here is very different from all the other ones. I think it is is very detailed, is very beautiful, and I don't want to give it away. I want you to be surprised when you go and get it. Again, here too, you have a chance to have your name written in Arabic. Have in Arabic, ex- yes. Yeah, and have them explain it to you and have them... I mean, the pavilion is absolutely beautiful as you wind through the streets and in the back. I mean, the, the pavilion itself is you know a hidden treasure just in everything that you can find uh, in that pavilion, and again, kind of like Norway, uh, you know, it's it shows a land and it shows a culture that that most Americans really have very little understanding about, uh, and so it's it's an absolute gem of an opportunity to be able to go in there and and see and experience, and you know, again, the way that 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 pavilion is laid out, it's almost like total immersion uh, to get a chance to kind of learn about. Uh, the particular culture. And again, another place to talk to people and learn about a culture that, that is uh, somewhat different from from the United States. And again, too, I think this is one of those pavilions that you can and should spend a long time. It's very deceptive from the front because those streets in the back that seem to wind through the, the archways and the shops... It, are so very well done. There's so much you can can explore in there, made up of all these little shops in there. And again, you want to talk about bringing home unique souvenirs. I, I think Morocco is a great, great place for that and a great opportunity to learn. Uh, moving over to France, uh, this 
Kid Cod Stop is inside the Souvenir de France shop, which is in the back of the pavilion, sort of on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Sure, you might have to pass by and pick up an eggclair or Napoleon on the way, just to, you know, replenish the sugar. Yeah, of course, Lou. I mean, naturally, you know, we've been we've been working you know, our way around World Showcase, and you know, you do have to have a little bit of a refreshment to, as you go. So, you know, once once again, we pull Lou out of out of that. Um, another great example, again, like we said before, you know, talk about you know exploring, and, and the France Pavilion is another beautiful pavilion as you you walk and you you see the the replica of the the Eiffel Tower there. Um, and again, th- like, this is a great place where I encourage. Uh, when we do this, I encourage the kids to stop for a second, even as they're working on their kid cop, just to listen, because you know the music that you hear there uh, and, and the various background sounds really just kind of sets you in the mood and, and kind of puts you right there in in France. Moving over to the United Kingdom, the kid cot station is in the back of the toy soldier shop, and again, United Kingdom, wonderful you know pathways and streets and unique stores to walk through, have some great souvenirs in there. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the United Kingdom is because of the symbol that you get, I think for a lot of kids, it might make them stop and say, well, well why am I getting this? What is? How does this represent the United Kingdom? And hopefully that will encourage engagement and conversation between the kids and the cast members. Yeah, we'll let you guys, uh, as you you get it, we'll let you talk about it, and and so we're not going to spoil the surprise. One tip that I'll give about this particular Kidcot stop, it is there sort of back behind the toy shop. It is very close to the the Winnie the Pooh meet and greet and sometimes also uh, the Mary Poppins meet and greet. So this is one where you may, especially if it's a a busier time of year, may experience a little bit more traffic uh, than some of the other Kidcots. So something just to, to bear in mind, that doesn't mean skip it by any means. It's a wonderful Kidcot stop. Uh, and an absolute must to uh, to stop at. But you, there may be a little bit of activity going on around uh, in that particular Kidcot place. Good tip. Um, and finally, obviously, there's Canada. Um, here you need to go towards where La Cellier is. You need to go down deep into the pavilion, passing by uh, the Bouchard Gardens, the Victoria Gardens there. You'll be right where the entrance to O Canada is. Again, uh, if you should enjoy... The beautiful gardens, which, by the way, are themed by the season, hopefully go and go see O Canada, which I think people, many people walk by because they don't think that it exists. I think they walk up to uh, the second level of Canada, not realizing that beyond the gardens there is an attraction down there. Yeah, and another fun one, um, and this is sort of a kind of a outdoorsy one uh, as well, well, which, again, very well with the, the theming of, of Canada, which is, is very much an outdoorsy style uh, theme and this is one of those fun ones where you know we had the chance to talk with with cast members to realize interestingly enough not how different Canada is but how similar it is to the United States where you know and again we're, we're talking about younger children you know that the yes this is a country that borders us to the north but really it's kind of you know, the Canadians are much much like our, our brothers and sisters because they're very similar to Americans uh, in in so many different ways. In fact, you know, as uh, one of my children, Trimmer, who, who asked this question, they kind of stopped and looked, and as they were talking, saying, "Are you really from Canada? You don't have you don't sound like you're from Canada." And like, well, yeah, actually, we are from Canada. So uh, another fun one uh, as well. Yeah, and if you've followed 
the path and you've hit pavilion by pavilion, if you've reached Canada and hit all 11, you are now left with this beautiful, unique souvenir that is solely your child's. There is no other souvenir like that anywhere. And I think that that's something very, very special. And maybe we, Chuck, as parents, might appreciate that more than the kids do. But again, they have that sense of reward that they have done them all. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, in fact, I've got, you know, the, the masks still, you know, hanging up uh, in a, on a wall in the basement, um, you know, with, with many of our other Disney things. And it's, you know, it's something that, that I treasure uh, and it's something that I know the kids enjoy. Uh, they still, even to this day, will, will talk about their mask uh, and, and how much fun they had in, in putting that mask together because, you know, again, it's another opportunity to, as we've said a million times, to explore, but also for a chance for families to have fun together. And that is all what, all about what Walt Disney World is, is, is for. And, and that's where it all came from. I mean, that came from Walt himself and his desire to spend time with his children. We should say, obviously, the kid caught fun stops and the making of the masks. Sure, you parents can participate and older kids can participate really geared for the younger set. Um, I mean, my kids have been doing it since they were, you know, three, four, and up up, up beyond that. But if you have older kids that still want to get the experience and say, well, you know what, I'm too old, I'm too cool to be making masks and getting charms and carrying the stick around, there is a great alternative. It's yes, not free. It's not free, no. um, but it is inexpensive. It's just about $10 or so. Somewhere in there. And yeah. it's the World Showcase passport and i think this is for again tweens teens and adults can all have fun getting one of these yeah the passport is is a lot of fun because it's the same concept as the kid cop map but at the same time very different in the fact that you know you get this book that very much is shaped as it says like like a passport and you also get a really nice big button uh that goes with it as well and as you go from from stop to stop uh, you'll get your passport stamped, just like they, they stamp the stick on the masks. But again, you know, for here, you're getting it stamped. You're getting, uh, they'll literally log your date of entry, the time of entry, much like they do a regular passport. And then they also, which I think is really cool, uh, they put little different bits of, of trivia uh, in each of the different um, pages for, for different countries. So, you know, for instance, as I'm, I'm looking at my passport here, it talks about "Welcome to Canada." It says "Birthplace of the Telephone." Kind of an interesting little tidbit. I didn't even know. I kind of thought that the U.S. was the birthplace of the telephone, but as it you know it says here, it's talking about the birthplace of the telephone. So, you know, little things that you're going to learn as you go through. Yeah, and they will do the same kind of things. They will write a special message to you. They'll they'll write it in their language. They'll they'll give you an English translation if you want them to write your name in Japanese, whatever it is. Oftentimes, the cast members will do it as well because they enjoy this kind of engagement. So many of the of the cast members, Chuck, are so passionate about their heritage and their culture and their people and want to encourage beyond just the engagement there, maybe even encourage you to say, you know what, maybe we should go to Japan. I mean, well, you should go anyway because you got to go see Tokyo Disney Sea, but or we should go to France. Yeah, really. or we should. And I saw that on a recent trip in Mexico where our server at the San Angelin when we played this on the show, so mm-hmm. very much was passionate about her people and passionate about her food and her culture and 
and made us excited uh, about Mexico. And you get that same kind of engagement here again, whether you're an adult, whether you're a teen, a tween, whatever it might be. And uh, I think you could have a lot of fun with the different passports. I know some people who get the passports and they get them stamped when they eat something from that country or they drink something from that country. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the benchmark that they use before they can get their stamp. And there's room in the the passports. In fact, at the very back, you've got uh, you know two or three pages where you can write even some of your own notes. And there's room on the pages as well that you know as you get you know get it stamped. And, and by the way, you also get uh, different stickers um, for each country. You know, about half a dozen stickers for for each particular country with different pictures. But you've got room that you can write your own notes. You know, so that again, it's, you know, if you're talking about you know, I happen to be looking uh, at the United Kingdom page here. Uh, as they log the date of entry and the time, you can also put, you know, ate at the Rose and Crown, uh, you know, today, you know, fantastic fish and chips. You know, you have the chance. Talk about another way to have kind of a real-time trip report um, for World Showcase right in your hand and, and a way to, to have great notes and, and great memories about your, your trip through World Showcase. Uh, again, it's a great, great souvenir. And again, at, at $9, $10, uh, very much well worth oh, it. Oh, absolutely well worth it. You know, because it's it's another piece of interactivity. Um, you know, it's not something that you experience passively while we all enjoy the different rides and attractions. Some of those are a little more passive. This, uh, it, just like the Kidcot masks, is absolutely interactive and completely unique. Uh, there will never be another passport like yours. Absolutely. We should, Chuck, very quickly mention that the Kidcot fun stops are not unique to World Showcase alone. There are two currently Kidcot Fun Stops in Future World, although they operate separately from the ones and the passports and, and the uh, the masks that you have yes. in World Showcase. There originally were, at one point there were, I believe, four, including one over at Test Track. There currently are only two. One exists at the Seas with Nemo and Friends. That's on the second level of the pavilion. Uh, again, you can take the elevator, the escalator up there. It's right by... The tank parents can sit, but there's and there's also one on the second level of the land, which is just to the right, I believe, of the Garden Grill. Garden Grill restaurant, correct. These are dif- these differ in, in two ways, primarily in my eyes. Number one, you don't have the stick with the mask. Instead, you have this. Um, you're given a lanyard that has this mm-hmm. Kidcot Fun Stop square sort of ID tag on it with punched holes on the bottom. From there, the charms hang. But more importantly, the fun stops themselves are, I believe, more educational than the ones, at least on their face. They're more educational yes. on their face than the ones in World Showcase because there are these displays with pictures and graphs and maps and things like that about the seas and about the land. And again, you've got cast, member that, cast members from those pavilions who can interact and talk about some of these things with the kids or you as it were yeah this is another place where you know, to be honest there's a lot of learning that can go on and you know we're, we're getting away from you know social studies now we're getting into science and that you know going to over for instance at the land pavilion you're learning about different way to uh, you know, reduce reuse recycle you're learning about water systems you're learning about uh, about different things associated with conservation uh, and then over at uh, you know, the seas, you're learning about uh, you know aquaculture, and you're learning about different marine animals. So 
again, a great and, and you're probably right, even more educational opportunity uh, with the two Kid Cots there uh, in Future World. So, you know, again, kids, it's another reason you know, that it's okay to be pulled out of school for uh, a few days and go, go to Walt Disney World. You're getting some good learning in. But it, it, it is it's, – it's edutainment. It really is. It, it's is, not, it is edutainment, yeah. It's not a classroom type of environment and setting. It's that interactive – kids become fascinated mm-hmm. when they – you know, and they walk out saying, I'm going to be an oceanographer. I mean I've heard that. <laughs> you know, I've heard people – Oh, yeah. My daughter says, oh, yeah, I want to be – you know, she didn't say oceanographer. But she said, yeah, I want to – you know, I want to work here. I want to do stuff with dolphins and sharks and things like that. And I've seen with my kids and other kids, they don't want to leave. They don't want to leave the kiosk, not just because they want to draw the prettiest, you know, pictures on their mask or their shark, but because they're having fun engaging with the cast members. Yeah, the cast members, you have to really give these these cast members credit because, and again, another reason why they're, they're the best of the best of Walt Disney World, they really do an excellent job of talking to kids and presenting content and material to kids at their level. And... That's not always so easy to do, you know, to be able to to give kids information and help explain things, but explain it in such a manner and in such a level that, say, a five-year-old would understand it, that a, that a seven-year-old would understand it, as opposed to talking to an adult, you know, somebody with a you know a high school or even college degree. Um, so they they really do a fantastic job, really, of not just you know interacting with kids, but also explaining things at their level and meeting them at where they are. I mean, I, look, I said half-jokingly before about, you know, education and taking your kids out of school. But look, if you are an educator, you know, these might be ways that you can bring Disney World into the classroom or, or connect things to something that might be fun for them. If you are a parent that maybe are you are concerned about taking your kids out of school and, and want to, if it makes you feel better, want to give them a little bit of education on your trip, these are great, great ways to do it. But really, Chuck, like... Kim Possible, like so many other things, they really enhance the experience in Epcot, in World Showcase. Like Walt wanted, like Walt said, as you alluded to, it's a chance for families to enjoy all these things together. They can take home a souvenir. They can explore pavilions that otherwise they may have walked right by because there's not an attraction, because there's no thrill ride, whatever it is that people were looking for. And most importantly, in my eyes, it makes you slow down the pace. So many people, you know, I find are, are following their guide map or their touring thing that's, and they're running from ride to ride and grabbing fast pass and going here. It's so the opposite here. And that is what I think Walt Disney World is meant to be. It is meant to be savored. It is meant to be explored. It is meant to be enjoyed. And I think this sort of helps you and your family do that. With, without a doubt, this is you know using KitKat as another great reason. I mean, you don't have to use you know go and do the KitKat things to explore and experience the pavilions and truly enjoy them. But I tell you what, that's another great reason and another uh, uh, opportunity to help kids get into the different pavilions. And as you're walking through, as you're heading to that next KitKat stop, uh, you can if walking through France, you can point up and talk about you know the Eiffel Tower and that this is a you know, uh, the replica of a, of a really, really tall structure that's in Paris. I mean, look at that. Doesn't that, thing, doesn't that just look amazing? Or go into Morocco and look at the fact of how the buildings in Morocco were made. Do you see buildings like that around here? And explain a little bit about 
you know, that this is a whole different type of building technique that how they made buildings and how they do make buildings, uh, you know, in the Middle East and in North Africa. So great reasons to go through and, and look at each pavilion, look up, look down, look around. You never know. You might find a hidden Mickey or two. You might catch, you know, those penny presses that are all hidden all over the place that we've talked about in the past. Great examples to explore, explore, explore. I could not agree more. Um, and I want to leave you with this. There is so much more to Walt Disney World than what you might see on your park map or in a guidebook. And sometimes you've got to take the time. These pavilions, this entire park is filled with true hidden treasures. Hopefully things like these Kid Cot stops or some of the other things that we talk about on the show are going to encourage your kids or encourage you to want to go and seek them out because they are there and they will enhance your experience, I promise you. Um, and hopefully these kind of segments will help do that for you. And, and Chuck, I appreciate so much you taking the time to share your personal experiences with us and come on and talk about things. You can find Chuck over at DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com, correct? That's that's the website, Disney Daddy. And you know, we're here, uh, check in every Tuesday for Tip Tuesday, where I talk a little bit about just different tips, tricks, ideas, uh, things to help your experience at Walt Disney World go a little easier and a little smoother. And who knows, maybe we'll even see something from Chuck in Celebrations Magazine in the future. A couple of articles already in, and exactly. so you know, keep watching for them. So, you know, uh, I, I, you know what? I have a lot of fun uh, doing what I do, and uh, just, just like Lou yourself. So, you know what? That's We're all kids at heart, and so... You know, some people ask me, you know, what did I decide when I first wanted to grow up? I said, wait a minute, I haven't decided to grow up yet. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so, well, great. Thank you so much. Remember, Anytime. buddy, there there is more to explore at Walt Disney World. Chuck, thanks again, buddy. Anytime, and and you know, we're supposed to have these these new outros. You've been giving Becky a hard time about outros, so here's mine. Remember that Walt said, if you can dream it, you can do it. So always keep on dreaming. Love it. I wanted to do a very quick contest this week, really inspired by something that took place this past weekend during our live broadcast and meet of the month from the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. And during that time, in addition to talking to the people who were there at the meet, we also broadcast and chatted live with the people in the box. And during that time, we also had an impromptu contest because we wanted to give something to the people that have spent so much time watching and chatting from, as we say, inside the box. So what I did was I asked a single question of the box people. They had a chance to respond. And I thought what I would do is give you all that same question and that same chance to win a prize. So what I'm going to do is ask uh, one simple question, really kind of has four parts to it, ask you to respond by next Saturday, 
January 17th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern by emailing your answer to lou at wdwradio.com. I'll draw one winner from all the correct entries, and they will win not only all three audio guides to Walt Disney World on CD, I'll also include a couple of other goodies in the box, and you also get a choice of either one of the limited edition WDW Radio embroidered baseball hats or something from the mystery prize closet. The last time I did that, it was a $25 iTunes gift card. This time, it could be a DVD. It could be who knows what. Bunch of prizes in there. Give that away with it as well. So here you go. Here's your question for this week's contest. In Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, there are only two attractions, and by attractions I mean rides or shows, not restaurants or kiosks, rides or shows that have a corporate sponsor or are presented by a corporate sponsor. What two attractions are they and who are they sponsored by? So you need to give me both attractions and their sponsors. That's why it's a four-part question. And email me your answer to lou at wdwradio.com. And you know what? Instead of just one question, one winner this week, let's do one question, two winners. I'll actually randomly draw two winners from all the correct entries this week. You both have a chance to win all the CDs, the other goodies in the package, as well as either the embroidered hat or the mystery prize. Be sure you indicate what you want and and also send me your address as well. This way I'll get your prize out to the winner as soon as possible. Remember, your entry is due by Saturday night, January 17th at 11.59 p.m. via email to lou at wdwradio.com. It's more important to be right than to be first. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Sorry again for no news or rumors in just one segment this week. Again, there have been some things which have been compromising my ability to produce and record the show as normal. I promise to get back to the normal segments and schedule as soon as possible. Big thanks go out to my guest, Chuck Lionberger, the Disney Daddy. You can find his blog over at DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. Also, huge thanks go out to everybody who joined me at the meet of the month and inside the box live when we broadcast this past Saturday from Walt Disney World. I'm definitely going to talk about this more on the show, but I do want to say thank you again for taking the time out of your day or out of your vacation to come by, brave the cold, and then find your way into the expo hall. This was the first time we've ever done anything like that. It was a great time had by all. Thanks also to Disney for all their help and coordinating that with me and to everybody that I got to see in Walt Disney World last weekend, old friends and new faces. Thank you so much for all the smiles, the handshakes and the hugs. I really enjoyed seeing and meeting so many new people this weekend. Don't forget, if you have any questions you want answered on the air, email me at lou at wdwradio.com or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171. 
Be sure to head on over to WDWRadio.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. I'm going to be launching an all-new newsletter this year with information, articles, links, exclusive special offers, and lots more. Again, you'll find the box right on the homepage. That, again, is just the first of many new things that I'm really excited about and that I'm planning for and that I'm going to announce over the next few weeks or months. Definitely stay tuned to the show and the site for new things coming in 2010. Don't forget also, come join our fun, friendly, very welcoming forums over at wdwradio.com slash forums. Follow me over on Twitter. Join the WDW Radio Show fan page on Facebook and friend me up over there as well. Look for another WDW Radio Live coming soon. And to subscribe, order back issues, or contribute to Celebrations Magazine, visit celebrationspress.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel, All-Star Vacation Homes, and DVCbyResale.com. You can find links and more information about all those sites right at the website at www.radio.com. As always, my friends, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review the show on iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. Come join in the conversation over in the forums. And of course, thank you for taking the time to tune in this and every week. It means so much to me. So until next time, remember, always keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hello, Mr. Mandela. Hello, Mr. Mandela. This is Fiona. I'm going to watch. Love you. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Lauren from East Brunswick, New Jersey. And I was listening to a few of the shows. I was behind in shows for a couple of weeks. And uh, you did a show on holiday moments around Walt Disney World. And briefly mentioned good proposals that would happen around the holidays in Disney World. And I actually have a good proposal story to share with you. Um, Actually, my best friend, she moved to Florida about a year and a half ago and began working in Disney in the entertainment uh, department. And she met her boyfriend, they fell in love. And uh, she was going to head home for the week leading up to Christmas this year. And before she went, all of her other friends who worked at Disney World wanted to go out to celebrate Christmas. So she planned this huge uh, goings out. It was going to be on a Wednesday night after they all got out of work. And they decided to go to the Osborne Spectacle of Lights at the studios. And uh, they all get there and they all scatter. They go off in so many different directions. And she gets really angry because she planned this whole big event and everybody ran off and nobody's looking at the lights. So finally everybody comes back and uh, I guess as cast members they got a free 5x7 photo from PhotoPass. So they decided to take a group photo. They all get in line for the group photo and they take the picture and then they decide, okay, now it's couple's turn. So her and her boyfriend went first and he starts kissing her, and then he gets down on one knee and proposes to her completely out of the blue in front of a giant lit-up house um, on New York Street, and she was, she was completely stunned. 
and then all of her friends came at her and they brought her the bride and groom Mickey ears and uh, we're engaged buttons and it was a huge celebration for all of her Disney family and her boyfriend and her fiance and her and it turns out that when all her friends had scattered they went off to organize the photo pass photographer and to buy the mouse ears and to get the buttons and she is so happy. She met her boyfriend in Disney World. They got engaged in Disney World, and she's as happy as a clam. And I thought that was a, a good, successful engagement story to share with you. So I hope you had a wonderful holiday and a good new year, and I will see you soon. Bye. Happy Monday, Mr. Mangello. This is Kelly Zanowskis. I um, just wanted to let you know I com- just finished listening to the latest podcast where uh, you and Tim went over your Top ten list of the uh, special effects used in Disney World. Very much enjoyed listening to that. Um, I do have to agree, though, with a closing statement that I think you made was that um, part of the magic, as intriguing as intriguing as all of it is, part of the magic is not knowing how they do it. So I'm glad that you guys don't divulge all the little secrets that they have. So. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas, and I hope you are so far enjoying a wonderful 2010, and I look forward to more podcasts. Take care, Lou. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Vicki and Dean Davis. We met at D23. Dean was the rocket scientist in the electric wheelchair. We are here in Epcot for day one of seven days and having a wonderful time, but freezing, wishing we had some sunny California weather here. But uh, love your show. You do a great job, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Mary Jo Collins calling you from the finish line at the Walt Disney World Marathon. And you asked for some podcast gold, so I thought I'd try to deliver. Um, I This has been such an emotional and obviously physical day, and I'm just so excited and I want to thank you for all your support and um, all the all the friends that are here cheering us on. It's just been such a, a great day and anyway, thank you so much and just wanted to tell you that I did finish the Goofy Challenge 39.3 miles in two days. See ya. Just keep swimming, stay awake now, everything will be okay.